Welcome to Talk To Him, a weekly podcast where we discuss self-help strategies, pop culture, music, education, fashion, relationships, and how it all links to financial success. Be sure to follow me on IG at TalkToHimJ1. Big shout out to my main man, DJ Brooklyn Boy, for this awesome instrumental. And I'm your host for this podcast. My name is James Levesque, a.k.a. Mr. L. Talk to him. Vibe with me. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another episode of Talk To Him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got one of the flyest gentlemen that I've ever met in my life. You know, just an overall good brother, um, entrepreneur. Um, man, I don't even know what else to say. Rich, how you feeling, brother? Yeah, I'm good today, Jay. You know, really just thank you. It's an honor to, you know, just share a conversation with you, you know, everything you do around media and just, you know, putting out there real conversations, you know, in the real time where it's supposed to be together, every pandemic, everybody's so disconnected, it's, it's good to be connected, brother. Yeah, man, how you how you been holding up during this whole pandemic, bro? <laughs> bro, working, grinding, you know, I think the pandemic's a time where you, you know, it, it just shows you what you made of, you know. So during the pandemic, been out feeding people um, over at the Croc Center in Boston, just really making sure that the community is taken care of, you know, during the pandemic. Man, for real, for real, man. Like, I'm just happy, man, we're doing well. We're here with the future, man. we here with Rich Future. So, Rich, man, you was born, you was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, what do you think makes Boston different from any other city bro mm, what I think makes Boston like really a city of, of champions is like where there's no separation you know mm. some cities is six degree of separation in Boston like we're all connected you know when you're a Bostonian you're a Bostonian we know um, and we support each other we do overall Boston's Absolutely. a good city you know that, that's really what makes us the best we stick together. We know how to collaborate. You know, the key is collaboration. When we win championships, we together as a team. When we lose, you got ball hogs. For know? real, for real, for real. There's a lot of there's a lot of cities hating on us. You know what I mean? Because we are the city of champions. But um, but you know what, man? I, I I really like it here in Boston, bro. And um, you know what? I was I've been doing a, I was I was doing a little bit of research before we even had this conversation, and I saw that. Um, you was on Channel 5, right? And I was like, man, my man Rich was on Channel 5 for something positive. You know what I mean? Usually, when you see a black person on television, it's usually for something negative. Um, was you receiving an award? What what award was that that you received? There was a young Rich Future, too. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really getting on there. You know, Chronicle, I've been on the news since, you know, the age of five. I was in a program called the Ivory Dream Program, which was a scholarship program. The only class in Boston was the Ivory Dreamer class. So I'm a dreamer, you know. Um, 
some guys got together and said, hey, we're going to take this whole inner city class and pay for their education. You know, his name was Jamie Bush, President George Bush's nephew, you know. Mm. So that was a, that was the start of like just really being able to to dream, you know, the thing that is possible. I can go to college, you know, and that, that, that was a dream of mine. And that's a dream for everybody who's first generation to be able to go to college, you know. Yo, that's crazy, man. Now that you said that, um, you attended um, what college did you go to? You I went to Babson. Babson Business yes, School, number one yes. school for entrepreneurship. Shout out to my Beavers. Yo, how was how was that experience over at Babson College? It was an institutional experience, you know. Like Babson was great at teaching business education and and capitalist mindset. But as institutions are broken, all institutions need to be more diverse. You know, my class was one of 30 um, African-Americans in my class in a population of like 1,200, you know. So it's really like Babson's catching up to diversity now. But at the time I went, I was dealing with a lot of the, you know, the same things we're dealing with in America today. doesn't Mm. change, you know, law and order. Yo, so so so, what would you rate like your experience over there at, at Babson? At Babson, I de- I give it a shoot. I give it an eight. I definitely give it an eight. You know, yeah. if we can have a little more party and you know a, a little more diversity, a little more color, it'd be a ten. But I think in terms of like taking care of its students, um, of really being a place that that makes businesses like real businesses come out. You know, people that graduated, Home Depot, Arthur Blank, owner of the Falcon, guy that found the Home Depot. You know, he found the Home Depot, he got fired from True Value Hardware. He was a Babson grad and decided to go across the street and create a a low discount hardware store called Home Depot. And the rest is history. You know, it's out of breakdowns that you get your breakthrough. It's out of being fired from a job that you actually start a company that makes millions and employs thousands. Yo, do you think, do you think like, do you think like um, in today's society, college is necessary? Um, I don't, I think colleges are, I've been talking to colleges, colleges are really figuring out like what does education look like in a, in a post pandemic world where it's all remote learning, you know, like, do you need, really need to go on a campus and everybody be huddled together for, you know, thousands of dollars of debt? You know, mm-hmm. now we change the college experience. I think you make it free. Yes, I think everyone needs college. I do. I think you should have a college degree. I think you should experience four years of college to grow and to really come into who you are as a human being. You know, it's not go right to work at 18. You need that four years to discover who you are, what you're, mm-hmm. you know, what's the big problem you're trying to solve in the world, you know? Yeah, no, I agree, bro. I agree. I definitely think I've learned a lot more once I've left college than I actually did when I was in college, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, you know, it's it's real life training. You know what I mean? You're, you're out here. You're in the real world. You're figuring out your niche. You're figuring out. You're just figuring it out. You know what I mean? And in college, yeah, it's cool, but... You know what? At the end of the day, once you graduate, bro, they don't really, they don't really, um, you don't, you don't, you know, you might have to go back to your home. They don't even really teach you how to live on your own, how to find your own apartment or how to do certain things that, you know, you need to do to accommodate yourself in 
in in life you know what i'm saying so i don't know man i have this love-hate relationship with college bro yeah no i do too is it worth the money hell no i don't think it is i think you could you could start up most of the millionaires and billionaires out there they didn't they didn't finish college they might have started you know but it was just like they got it it's it's whenever you click and you get that aha moment in your life it could be in college it could be after college you know the colleges that do good work they spark their kids they make sure they're set up before they leave they teach you life skills if you're just yeah. giving us you know words and books that's that's irrelevant you know college has to transform we need to transform institutions starting with higher education you know yeah man you know what's so crazy bro like you know you we i think you know as black men we've been dealing with so much um adversity throughout our life man and you know one thing that we both um as brothers we have in common is that um you know i lost my mom at a young age and i know you know you you know you recently your mom recently transitioned to be with the ancestors um you know how was life like growing up with your mother yeah, really. I mean, it's nothing like having a mom. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of a single mom. She raised three boys. She kept us straight. She kept us out of jail. She kept us off the street. And, you know, like for me, my mom's definition of like power and strength, you know, mm-hmm. like if, she was, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't eat. You know, she kept a roof over our head. And I mean, that's, that's all my life. That's not just in my, when I'm a baby, that's in my 20s, that's in my 30s. Like, you know, having a mom was like having a blanket, you know, and it, it, was, it was comforting. Yo, you know what I always be thinking about, bro? You know, like whenever I make moves or I be always thinking like, man, like I wonder, I wonder if my mom's just proud of me. You know what I'm saying? And and um, do you, let me ask you this: Do you think, like, do you think, you know, your mom's is, is she she proud of the man that you're becoming? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she told me that. Yeah, I was with my mom, you know, until the last day. You know, we we we. I was fully self-expressed with her. Told her how I felt about her, loved her, and she told me how proud she was of me and she still tells me how proud she was because even though they depart this physical body like your mom's still with you Jay. she's every day she, she's proud of you and you put that suit on when you when you go out and you just like you help people and you teach kids like you know like they're they're our angels now you know for real for real bro i really be feeling like i got I got guardian angels just watching over me, you know what I mean, maneuvering me around, telling me, yo, not to do this, not to do that. And even like, you know, blocking like, you know, some, um, even when I do stupid things, it seems like, yo, I'm always covered, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Always covered, you know what I mean? And um, that ain't nothing but, you know, angels watching over us. Yes, sir. Yo, let me ask you this, bro. You know what I mean? Because, um, Cause uh, you know, I know you was in the music game, the music business. How how did you get in the music business, bro? How did I get in the music business? I mean, wow. I think the music business just was like in me. You know, I don't think you get in the music business. You're either a creative or you're not. I'm an artist. You know, like I love yeah. to put things together. I love to create. I love to paint. You know. Um. 
So as an artist, you know, I wasn't the best artist, so I, I, I started becoming a promoter. I would rent a space and I would bring groups together and I would put the public with the artist. And yeah. as a promoter, I, I, I met people in the music industry. And that, that took me on my journey to New York and travel with that. But also in the dance world. Like, my thing was dance. So I was with Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater for two years. Get out of here. You was a dancer? Yeah, you know. When I, I didn't tell nobody that. I see you. I see you at the club, bro. Hey, breaking news. Yes, Rich was a dancer. You know, I studied jazz. I studied tap. I studied ballet. You know, um, and really, you know, Alvin himself, Alvin Ailey, was a was an American black ballet dancer. And his physique, he looked like a, a football player. Jack. You know, the man was big, yeah. but on stage he was graceful. And, and the choreography put together is timeless. Anytime you see Alvin Alio, you see a Revelations piece. This was a big football playing black ballet dancer. You know, like, okay. So just to be a part of that legacy of African-American dance, you know, throughout the world was one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. Yo, you know what's crazy, bro, right? I, um, I remember you was telling me a story about how you got your, um, how you started working over at, um, at Bad Boy. Oh, the Bad Boy internship. You know okay, yeah. So I was at Haley. How did, how, how did that, how did that come about, bro? Like, it's not like, you know, like everybody, people want to do things. And this is what I love about you, bro, because people talk about doing things. But yo, when you actually go out there and you actually do it, you know what I mean? So how did you make that happen? Because it's not like it just fell in your lap, you know what I mean? How did I you, mean, how did you life, like success is a mindset. And I always tell it's a mindset. I went to New York with the mindset of one, I was, I was working for Ailey, so I was a paid staffer on Ailey. And at night, I wanted an internship where I can like learn about the music industry. I'm 19 in New York. I don't know nobody, I'm from Boston, you know, but I'm ambitious. And I'm hungry. When you're hungry, you, you got to eat. So I said, mm-hmm. cool, I got to meet music. It was between Rockefeller, Jay-Z, and, and Bad Boy. They were the top two crews at the time. So I stood outside a Virgin Megastore. They had a Virgin Record Store. A lot of people won't remember what a record store is. But Virgin Record Store for the Destiny Child record release party. These are three little girls, you know, Beyonce, Kelly, Michelle. And they had Bills, Bills, Bills. I remember that day. That was their first time. So mm-hmm. they was doing signings, but all the record labels was there. And I asked the first three people I seen that got out of a, a music promo van. I said, hey, I want an internship, you know, and I'm here. I'm, I'm willing to work. And the first person I met was a guy named Sean Press. He was he gave me his card. I looked at it. It said director of marketing, bad boy. I didn't know who he was, but I was out sharing with the world that this is what I want to do. So the first person I meet, director Sean Prez, Prez is like, yo, come meet me. The first day I come back, they left. Like, I'm devastated. I'm like, oh, he played me, da 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 da. All these stories. Oh, so you, so hold on, hold on. So you came to his office and he was oh, like, yeah, my name was like, wasn't on the list. You can't get in the Universal building if your name's on the list. So I'm standing at security for like an hour. I'm calling upstairs. Nobody's picking up. So I could have gave up at that moment. You know, other moment like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. You know, he ain't about that. But no persistence. I called back to the next day. Hey, Sean, you know, I stopped by. I said, oh yeah, did he have something to do? We had to go. Come by today. And, you know, 
I come by the next day. My name's on the list. I'm in the door. I go up, bad boy. <laughs> and I'm so excited. I'm pulling these magnetic glass doors. I don't know they're magnetic. You know, I just want to get into the office. <laughs> the receptionist is screaming like, yo, stop. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, was, I started my internship with bad boy. You know, it was really standing out on the street at a record store. And then, you know, following up, calling people, saying, yes, I'm available for being there. And I think with any any student or anybody in life, you want to get an internship, like you make your internship, you know, they want you to be hungry. You're not going to get it sending your resume on Indeed. Mm. Yo, who was um who was some of the artists that you worked with at that time? Oh, my God. That, at that time, we worked with the locks. We worked with um, Ryan and Cassie. Ryan was was my mentor when he was here at Harvard. So. When Ryan joined Bad Boy, um, who's it? Ryan, Ryan. Who, oh yeah, Ryan yeah, Leslie? Ryan Leslie. Let me see. Yeah, for those well, look him up. Ryan Leslie, Ryan Leslie Music Group. Like he did great things, Cassie, and um, and yeah, and just did a lot of touring from there. Sean Kingston, we was out with, with Beautiful Girls Drop. You know, we were the first road Kingston, mm. and um, yeah, we did a lot of good things. Yo, so what was your what was your job, bro? What was your job doing that? You know what I mean at that time. At that time, because I'm, I'm so I'm yeah, a ahead. tour manager. You know, so as a tour manager, this is my company. I'm an entrepreneur. So these companies were hired me to manage these tours and these music relationships um, between the artist and the and the company. So like Boost Mobile had a tour. Boost is like Richie control all the artists for 26 states. So my job was to make mm. sure that these shows pop, bring out the best artists, break music, relationships with, you know, all the radio stations, San Diego radio, you know, we come in doing the drops, taking artists to radio stations and really like directing the movement of a lot of music artists around the country. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yo, like, did you, was you, did you meet Diddy? Oh yeah, like, Diddy, it, yeah, you know? Diddy, I mean, Diddy was my boss. He was in the office, like a, Regular as a leader, Diddy he takes care of his people. Like if you're there, he includes you in the meetings. You get to listen. You don't get to say much, you know, because it's Diddy's meeting. But um, just as a leader, he takes business serious, you know. And what I learned was his work ethic. Diddy don't sleep. You know, he'll be there early in the morning, late at night. You know, cars going in the office didn't close. Like that boy was 24 hours. You know, and that's what it takes. When you mm-hmm. when you in the game is twenty four hours. When you're an entrepreneur, it's no forty hour work weeks. Like don't start a business if you want to go to sleep. <laughs> like don't do it. Just not possible. Nah, that is true, bro. That is true. And that's what I love about you, man. Like, yo, let me ask you this, right? And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. You know what I mean? He's in the you know, he's in the music business and um and um and I was telling, I was asking him, like, yo, do you think like and this is my personal opinion, I think rappers um owe the black community an apology, mm-hmm. bro. You know what I mean? Because because and I say this because, you know, there's a lot of rappers now because of, you know, um all the tension that's happening, you know, a lot of them they're speaking out, they're being, you know, they're being activists, um, which is great. But also, you know, they did a lot of 
they did a lot of hurt, man. They did a lot of negativity towards the black community. And I'm talking about folks like the Jay-Z's, the Snoop Dogg's, the um, whoever, 50 Cent, you know what I mean? And yo, let me ask you, do you think, do you think rappers owe the black community in a Nah, I don't think. I, I think anybody who's authentic, if you kill somebody and you rap about you killing somebody, then that's just, your, that's just who you are. It's your story, you know? I think who owes apology, apology is the media, is the Fox News of the world, is the Viacom, is the music labels, the Aristos, the, you know, Jewish music execs that decide to actually broadcast bullshit. A lot of, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to get fined by no, the FCC. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. To just define that. Like, you know, who who... Whose fault is it? It's not the rapper's fault. The rapper's an artist. The mm-hmm. fault is the consumer. Did you buy it? Did you did you did you spend money on it? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I say that I say that because I say that they do because you know what? There's a lot of there was a lot of kids, even myself too, you know what I mean, listening to these lyrics and you know and they influenced me you know what i'm saying i remember jay-z spit one line he said you know he said something like you know some something in the sense of like got a main chick a mistress and a young bitch forget yeah. it, i'm the dawn you know what i mean and i just i just always felt like you know like man i need to have all three shit you know what i'm saying and and even like even like kids who you know who went and did some of those things that the guys were talking about in those rhymes you know what i mean and because you know your kids and you're you're influenced you know what i mean so a lot of times these guys were like influencing our, our subconscious in a type of way where it was like man like as you look back on it you're like saying damn yo like i I should never listen to some of that. You know what I mean? And that's why I, that's why I, that's why I take the position like, yo, these guys. Yeah, I understand where it is that you're coming from, but also I'm like, yo, like, in a way, yo, these guys, these guys owe us an apology. I have you no know what I'm that they is, us, They're they're upon in the bigger battle of institutionalized racism in the image of the black man in America. You know. Like what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, like the it's not the rapper. The rapper's the bottom. That's like, you know, you got a drug cartel and you're picking up the street hustler who's selling dime bags. And you got a guy importing billions of dollars worth of drugs into the United States and distributing. And you rather go after the small fish. You know. The rapper apologizing me is that no, the music industry apologizing me. The Clive Davis is of the world who's like, Okay, this is where we go with this. You know, um, yeah. I always want. I don't. I don't want apology from 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 people who they they don't know what they do. Okay, they they're not woke. You know, a lot of rappers are not woke. You're like you're an artist, but you're controlled by a by an industry. You know, and if the industry is you know every if you win you got to be a scripper. You know, so then the script. Winning, you know, <laughs> so the strippers is winning. The Cardi B's of the world. Now everybody looking for the next stripper yeah. to to go out and and become a millionaire. Cardi B's one in a million. You know, yeah. 
but that's what the yeah. world wants us to think. The hottest chick of life comes from this type of lifestyle, and this is what America is about. This is what we highlight. We don't highlight the girl that went to Juilliard, you know. We don't we don't highlight mm-hmm. the ones that got a that got a real education going in, you know, the Jada Pickett Smiths of the world, you know. They're secondary because mm-hmm. all we want we no. want is we want the negative, you know. And regardless, that's what we consume as Americans. So to come in, but I get it, I get it. The rappers do have a responsibility. I get exactly where you come from today, and I think a lot of them need to wake up. And KRS-One is probably one of the most most woke rappers and help and help tell you, you know, in hip hop school, like, you know, don't fake the funk, don't forget your people. Yeah, nah, you're right, bro. For real, for real. Because, you know, as I become, you know, as I'm continuing to grow into this becoming like a black man, you know what I mean? Because I think this is a responsibility mm-hmm. to become a black man, you know. And and you know, I'm realizing like, man, I got a responsibility to, you know, not not just for myself, but also, you know, to uplift my brothers, man. You know what I mean? To uplift like. You know people that look like me because yo bro we 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 gone through a lot man you know what i'm saying it's a lot of trauma there's a lot of like stuff that we go through and fair to say like yo we we sometimes we take it out on each other you know what i mean we take it out on each other so i've just been and this is one of the main reasons why i i i started this talk to him podcast is because you know what man Mm. i want to uplift my bros you know what i'm saying because you know what like there's a whole generation that's coming behind us you know like we're fathers you know what i mean i got a son i got a daughter you know what i mean you got babies as well too and we got to make sure like the generation that's coming up you know behind us is like yo they 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 know a little bit better you know what i'm saying they know better so so yeah man i agree with you bro i agree with you on that aspect man you know um, yo, tell us about um Landmark, bro. What's what's the whole Landmark? Yeah, well, Landmark about, Education man? is really a, a training and development program I found about six years ago. Um, I definitely think it's a hidden gem in our community that um they just really they they look at life and in like what's possible in the world. You know, like Landmark's really a place where you get training, development, and leadership. Like, you know, how to talk to people, ways to communicate you know how to be a better listener um just simple things in life that i took for granted before i did landmark you know it helped make me a better listener better communicator and just understand that like you know i don't have to always put my ideas on others i can just be open from nothing like i can just listen to you and whatever you say is what's real for you it doesn't have to be real for me you know or i don't have to fix you or change you and make you somebody you're not and the problem in the world, you can't fix or change anybody or anything, you know. Just have to acknowledge it for what it is and, and create something that's going to be different than that thing, you know. Like racism, like racism never going to end, you know. We acknowledge that racism exists and we create a world that's less racist. I agree. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, man. What's your thoughts on, like, this whole you know, police brutality that's been happening, man, and, like, and all this, you know, because I feel like, yo, honestly, bro, I feel like as black men, you know, like, 
for whatever reason, man, they feel like we're disposable, man. You know what I mean? I feel like, yo, like, yo, we're really, you know, we are really the backbone. You know what I'm saying? They say the, the black woman is the backbone, but I think, like, the black man is the backbone. You know what I mean? And that's why there's been so many attacks on the on the brothers, you know what I mean, on black men. And it's almost like, yo, like, like, what's really going on? Are they trying to get us scared? Are they trying to say, like, yo, you know what? Like, well, I just want to hear I'm, what's your thoughts I go on back that, to the historical perspective, you know? What was it? 400 years, a year? When did they bring us here? I don't even remember. You know, like, that's a long time ago. You long know, time ago. They came yeah. here. This country was built on that black men. Uh, just black people, you know, we were we were considered property at one time. We were considered like a household pet, you know. Um, and that hasn't changed over the years, you know. Like we fought to make gains and to go in, but you can really see in America there, there's still this thing that I'm better than you are of white supremacy, you know, and black inferiority, you know. Um, but it's a mindset. You know, and there's you you oh you can overcome that mindset. You know, I know I'm not inferior to go in, and the institutions are broken, the law enforcement are broken, but there's some police forces that work. Boston has a diverse police force, and we we don't have those issues. There's societies that it goes in, but there's still people that need to catch up to diversity. You know, or separate. My other thing, I was listening to Malcolm X the other night. Um, he had a conversation with James Baldwin. And it's like what they what they were trying to do with the nation of Islam is they was just trying to negotiate and to be a leadership um a leadership organization that was trying to get resources for black people, you know, to be able to go in. And they labeled them a terrorist organization. No. Rather than label them a political mm-hmm. organization hey, or a church, hey, we're gonna work with the Nation of Islam to like overturn these these urban cities, like black people having businesses. And he was like, "What? Why would I want to go sit at a man's counter and force him to make me drink coffee at his restaurant that he doesn't want to serve me?" You know. So, mm-hmm. for real, yo, do you, yo, do you think like um? Let me ask you this, bro. Do you think like integration? Do you think integration like helped us or it hurt us as like? As I think we've never we've never achieved integration. You know, integration's a, a a place to get to. We're still not a fully integrated society. We're still like on the verge of trying to, you know, figure out how we can do what they do. How you can let us into your schools and your institutions, as opposed to how do we strengthen historically black colleges and universities? You know, how do we create, how do we be separate but equal? I think separate but equal has now been like equality is I do what you do, I go where you go, and you know, you can't stop me, you know. Versus there's there's two Americas, there's black America and there's white America. And when we realize that there's two Americas, yeah. we can actually have two separate agendas. The white agenda is never going to satisfy the black man. The black agenda is never going to satisfy the white man. So it's okay to have two agendas. You know, let's have a black agenda and a white agenda. And they don't compete. They actually cooperate with each other. And that's when we will really make America great again. Mm, 
I, I I agree with that, bro. I definitely agree with that. Yo, so um, word through the grapevine is that you have a big announcement. You know, this is talk to him. You know what I mean? And um, yo, can you let your boy in on the scoop, bro? That's what. Yeah, what, what, nah, what big announcement. You know, I'm just you. I'm 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 here, and I'm 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 loving the city. You know, um. Yeah, I don't, I, ain't, I don't got a big announcement yet, but when I do have a big announcement, you know, I'm gonna I'm let it be known and talk to me, okay? You know. Yeah. Yo, I need that, man. I definitely need, I need, I definitely need that, bro. You know what I mean? Because, um, because you know what? I always thought, man, I always thought you would be, you'd be like a, a great politician, bro. You know what I mean? I always felt like, yo, Rich should definitely, like, run for office one day you know what I mean because yo you just got your way of thinking is so different than you know than what the average person is you know what I mean and most of the time because you know um and I see you you know going in online with folks because you're a Trump supporter and people think like oh this dude's a coon or oh this dude is like this but nah Rich really just love he loves his people. He loves himself. He loves his family, but also, you know, he thinks differently. You know what I mean? And he sees um, some of the the positive things that that Trump is doing, and you know, he try to focus on the positive. You know, and what do you what do you have to say towards those folks who be like, yeah? yeah well, I just I mean I allow people to be where like, they are. Cool. I think in 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 my space. Of I I've chose not to focus on the negative. Yes, Trump's Trump's a racist. Trump is a Trump is divisive. But looking at America, Trump is just exposing what already exists. We can't deal with issues if they're if they're hidden. You know, like the same thing with ICE. ICE is an institution under under the previous administration. ICE was more active in in bringing in immigrants than this administration has, but it gets highlighted because of whoever's in power or perceived power um is what i say you know and it's for us malcolm call us the so-called negro in america they give us different names they don't even know like our heritage when you brought us here so in our years of discovery and in who we are as black americans i i believe in that you know it's time you know like it's really time to get real and have these separation talks of okay white people have this agenda and y'all can have that agenda we can do that you know and black people can have this agenda and we won't stop each other you know we don't have to fight like you can think the white man is superior all he wants it doesn't make it the truth you know it doesn't make it law you have a right to think that way and the beauty of america is we have freedom of speech you know so if you can think that way we can think that way but let's not make it a war and the problem is now is is the media is starting this race war that is you know it's started by the media is when you really get in and you start to say oh no this is about black and white that's smoke and mirrors this is about policy this is about america this is about can people be free to say what they want to say can you be free to own any gun you want to own you know and that's what it is, gun rights in America. Nah, I definitely. 
For real. What's your thoughts on that, bro? You think like people should, yeah, it's, it's a constitutional to, right. I don't think we should touch the Second Amendment. I don't. It, it's just. It's too. We gotta have the rights to protect ourselves. That's white and black, and you know, and whites are armed at alarming yeah. rates than blacks. And blacks, have, we have to catch up with the amount of gun power yeah. they have, and it's okay, you know. And it's not like it, it. We're like we're trying to start a war, but if a war came, black people—that's where the nonviolent movement came from. We know we were outgunned and outmanned, and the thing was, listen, all we want is peace. Put your guns away. You know, but then there's another side where you got the the militants where you know Malcolm and them they walked on, they walked strapped, and we have our own black power of military just in case you know something happens. So preparation is, is there. We don't want to get there, but the only deterrent is like is to be fully prepared. And I would uh, you know I'm. I'm not a, a total like you know um militia. Let's get a, let's get a black military, but then I'm not a total like you know nonviolent nonviolent. Let's turn the other cheek. And the world right now is everyone has to decide who are you, you know, like who are you? Are you someone that's that that is going to be able to have a gun and protect your home and your family, you know, um, or are you someone that thinks well guns are actually the problem? Like guns don't kill people. People pull the trigger. Yeah, no, I Yeah, bro. I definitely agree, man. Yo, what do you think, in your opinion, right? What do you think, like, um, African American? Yeah. We're going to start. We're going to stick with African American males, black males. What do we think? What do you think we need to do, bro, to really, you know, get in position, bro? Because, you know, I feel like, yo, the, the, the pandemic. You know, it it, it, it pressed the yeah. it, it pressed the reset button on on the whole world. You know what I mean? And I think if you if you real if you utilize these six months and was focused in and was able to you know um, put a plan together because everybody was in the house, bro. You know what I mean? And now like you know everything is somewhere starting to open back up. What do you think? Um, you know, brothers. You know what I mean? Even the sisters as well, too, man. What do you think we need to do to position ourselves to to win, to own businesses, to own our own, to have our own communities, bro? You know what I'm saying? What do you think? What we do we to need do? to do to have our own businesses? That's a good question. Um I would say just stay connected, you know, stay informed. Like it's easy to bad news is easy to find, you know. The people doing things are harder to find. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't highlight that. So supporting supporting black owned businesses, you know, starting starting at home first, rather than going to Walmart or going to Target. Like you're you're shopping at a mom and pop store, you're shopping in Madison Square, you're shopping in Grove Hall, you know. Um And I think that's what's getting ready to happen, bro. Because if you look at it, a lot of the major retail stores, yeah, Lord bro, and like Taylor, Brothers, yeah, like you know, a lot of these mm. stores, bro, yo, they're, they're they're shutting down. You know what I mean? They're shutting down. So I think, like, yo, you know what? The little moms and pop stores that's around the neighborhood, yo, they're gonna have some type of use. You know what I mean? They're gonna people are gonna start like going to their 
their local supermarkets, you know what I mean? Because, yo, the big supermarkets, man, they're, yo, it's, it's really about to go down right now. It's happening right now as we speak, you know what I mean? So definitely, like, this is what I think, bro. I think, like, you know what? Yeah. People, we're going to have to start utilizing each other. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't really do this on your own. You know what I mean? You can't really do this on your own. We're gonna have to focus in. We're gonna have to, you know, almost like circle the wagons, bro. You know what I mean? Really circle the wagons and be like, yo, okay, my man Rich got, you know, he got this going on. Instead of going over here, I'm gonna rock out with my man Rich. Instead of saying, like, yo, you know what? Ah, Rich is blah blah blah. He doesn't this, you know what? I'm going to support this brother, you know what I mean? And even if like, even if like the service may not be as, it might not be as great at first, you know what I'm saying? But we might make like little suggestions to make it better, but not giving up on each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think we do sometimes, we give up on, on each other. And then sometimes when you go to like the, you know, to the, to the, um, you, you see the, you see, like the, in the Chinese, bro. These folks be sticking yeah. together. Every city they I go, they lost Chinatown. But I, I think <laughs> it was our global aspirations. It, it's really looking at globalism. You know, globalism as a mindset is that you know there's no there's no local anymore. Everything's global. You know, we do global trading. You know, we had the National Free Trade Agreement, which allowed you know companies to go to Mexico, companies to go to Canada and not pay taxes you know and when you do that you take away from local businesses like you took our factories you took our high-paying jobs you're talking about union busting like you took the 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 middle class when you allowed free trade to come in because there was no more need for local so i think as the pandemic brings us home as the pandemic brings us back to a localized society where I spend my money within this five mile radius because this is where I live at. Um, we will see more small businesses starting to grow. And like you said, you know, the big box stores, we're, we're done with that. We're going local and we're we're keeping our money at home. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, that's as black men, that's what we can do as a community. Nice. Like we lead that movement. And it has to be a marketing campaign. We had to buy local campaign at one time, you know, by American you had the little flags on the things that you knew this was a product but then it got where we didn't care where our products come from anymore China Thailand shrimp from Vietnam how did I get to stop and shop are you serious Mm. shrimp from Vietnam farm shrimp is in our grocery stores right now it's going nobody cares nobody's like oh we can't do shrimping on cape cod mm. we can we can pull fresh shrimp right from our ocean why don't we create fish farms locally you know to go in but that's the mindsets that we need how do we bring businesses how do we create jobs is we go local i agree bro i definitely agree with that man and um and yo, and because you know now, bro, like there's been this big like flooding that's been. I mean, it hasn't been really being talked in the news, but there's been this um mm-hmm. this big flooding that's that's occurred in China. You know what I mean? There's been like this big water like irrigation that's that's been causing this big flood in China, and 
I hear like, you know, like a lot of, yeah. you know, we get a lot of like our, our, our food from China. So like eventually, man, we're going to have to lean on each other. We're going to have to utilize the, the, um, the resources that we have here in the States. You know what I mean? So brothers need to learn how to farm. Brothers need to learn how to fish, how to, you know, do the do the necessary things because that's what's gonna you be know, we black we, we got bro. the best farmers. You know I mean? We're the best fisheries. We did it. We got away from it within the last thirty years. You go back two generations, my great grandfather was a farmer. Great big hogs. They pick cotton and they pick tobacco. Clothes wise, American cotton still the best cotton in the world. But we associated cotton and slavery together. So we had to think from growing cotton in America. It was too labor. Even though we got a cotton gin now that was created by a black man, that makes it easier to pick cotton, you know? So we actually, when we can get America self-sustainable, I don't think we need to go out and, and buy from China. I don't think we need to go out and buy from anybody. America has all the resources we need. We have to utilize American resources. And we don't. Yeah, bro. Yo, what's up with um? I I, I know I know you're like a world-renowned chef, man. What's up? Shake it, shake it. Rich future, bro. I've been need that back. Yo, the <laughs> pandemic. I've been in the kitchen, shake it, shake cooking. It, shake it. <laughs> you know, chefing it up, getting ready, going in, and um, yeah. Now the show was good. That was a that was a period that was really great. I might bring the cooking show back, but right now it's about how do I how do I make things that are sustainable for a super chain. I love to feed people, but I'd rather give you a box of food and let you feed yourself and cook it for you. Because, you know, it's like if you can teach them to fish, they'll eat forever, you know? You give them fish, eat for a day, you know? Wow, yeah, man. And we just gonna end it with that, man. Rich, my brother, I love you, bro. I appreciate you, man, for ready to for you know coming on here and talking to him yeah well i just want to leave him well you know tune in talk to him jay i love it i love the conversations i think this is the hottest podcast out right now i'm so excited to be a part of it and it just yo keep rocking you know and you know just thank you already man you already know what it is folks until next time